Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Borgamer, it's BJ from Board Game Gumbo here. Back in the Gumbo Pod. Hey, it's BJ from Board Game Gumbo and... Mitchell. Mitchell, it's been a while since you've been in the Gumbo Pod. Where have you been, man? You were out of town, then I was out of town. I was at ChuckCon. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, I went to the beach, and then you were sick or something, coming I back may, from... I may have ripped a fingernail off of my thing and three layers of skin. Ah, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't fun. So, But it was an 18-wheeler and some nuns that were driving, and the 18-wheeler flipped <laughs> over, and me and my pet monkey, we had to go save... You can save. never believe a word out of this guy's mouth. We had to save the orphanage. Or it was a paintball incident in the first three minutes of my very first paintball game ever where I went sprawling across the court and ripped three layers of skin off. Ow. Yeah. And, and a fingernail. I did try to find the fingernail so that I could surgically place it back on with a toothpick, but I could not find it. So You win some, you lose some. I win some, lose some. Hey, you know what I wanted to ask you? No. Have you played anything cool in July? Nope. I haven't played See, we're pretending that we haven't done this before. <laughs> Yeah, just last week, you'll never believe it, Jeremy taught me Praga Shocked Kaput me. Regni. Oh my god, it's Praga Kaput Regni, I had no idea. And so that's means, Vladimir Suchi's game. Yeah, he made Woodcraft too. <laughs> well wait, let me guess, you think that this is simpler than Woodcraft? Yeah, how'd you know? I, I just, didn't think about it for just a second. Totally had to I don't know if I would use the word simpler, but I think it's... No, a, you liked it more than Woodcraft. Right, I think yeah. it is a more positive player experience. Because Woodcraft, in my opinion, is less forgiving. You have to have an exact number on the die. You can't overshoot. Whereas in uh, in Praga, every round, uh, every turn, you're picking a tile that gives you two options for an action. You're getting the action that it was lined up with on the board. You may be getting points if it's one of the later right. actions on the board. And you combo so much that if you can line up your combos just right, you don't have to take income turns. It's a good problem to have. I, I was always just having enough money or not enough money. But I didn't want to waste a whole turn to get my, my gold income because I could do a really cool combo and then on the next turn do what I wanted to do because that combo would give me the money I needed. So Prague is one of those games that I only play like once a year. And when I do, I always feel intimidated when I try to get myself back into this game. What, what is it that is bugging me? Is it I the think it should, board? It, it's the board. It's the art style. Did um, I pull that off? Did it, did it seem like I was just coming with, up with that on the you fly? You should be on stage. Uh, <laughs> We're almost doing a rehearsed bit here. But go ahead. Um, so yeah, you know they tried to make it look like you're all part of the city. If it was a more utilitarian board, it'd be, I think just looking at it at first glance, you'd be able to see like this is this action, this is this action. Whereas you know this is kind of like Batoku, you know all the Batoku. the grass and the animals and the dragons and everything. But really, when it gets down to it, it's just a handful of actions. You know, there's a game over here right on my uh, shelf of shame, uh, and that is Agra. And Agra is one that every time I open up the box because I really want to try it, and I look at the board, the board is so intimidating. Mm -hmm. the, the, they were really going for the artwork theme, but I was talking to a friend of mine who um, we had listened to The Secret Cabal, and Jamie had talked about how much of a genius Ian O'Toole is when it comes to boards, graphics, and art. He's like, this guy's a multi-tool player. There are people like Vincent Dutre, who do beautiful art. You talked about uh, After Us that's mm -hmm. coming up with Pandasaurus Game. We can talk about that in a second. But beautiful art. And then you got people who are amazing at graphic design. Our friend Jay Bell, for instance. Carlos right. Roy, you know, uh, the guy who did our Gumbo logo. Those guys are great at graphic design. But they don't consider themselves yeah, marrying artists. Marrying them together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Agra 
is beautiful art, but it's so overwrought that like it, it's it's intimidating to just to look at the board. And you don't find that with uh, Praga. You've kind of gotten over that. I don't that think hurdle. so. I mean, I think with Praga, the I guess it's not only art, but also the components. For me, anyway, it made me want to lean into that. So the first thing I focused on was walking down the King's Road and building that bridge. Because I want to think about the King's Road. I so the thing is, you could just rush down it and not get a lot of benefits. So what yeah. I did. I always made sure I had an egg because that's one of the options. You do. You have to. Yeah. If you, and so I did every one of those double actions all the way down to King's Road. So it took me a little bit longer. And then at the end, I got to start crossing the bridge. Right. Then also the castle. Isn't that yeah. satisfying though when you exactly. actually do Exactly. And you put the, the planks down you on the do. bridge. You actually it's, put the bridge. It's like you've been in the woods and you, 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 found, you came up with this covered bridge. I mean this bridge that you want to put planks and down. And then also moving up that castle, which was harder to do than I thought. I didn't do that as much as I wanted. Okay. But, Do you find the cat? So that's a lot of systems going on. You you have the you have that board that has that that thing that flips around as you're going. I forgot what it was. That little for the resources. Yeah, you're for the resources. You got that. Yeah, that's not that complicated. Then you have the King's Road. Then you have the multiplication. You know the the benefits, and it's either there's two different ways of getting those benefits from the little city tiles, right? Yeah, the reds and the blues. Right, you're reds about? and blues. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the, the two, not one, but two different castles you have to climb up. Yeah. Just seems like a lot of systems. I'm not complaining. Mm -hmm. I love the game. So Praga Kaput, you have just one play or two plays? It was one play. Jeremy's been raving about it. Yeah, yeah. Whenever he gets a new game, everybody will learn it. Everybody's <laughs> gonna learn it. Yeah, he, he is good at that. And I also like the fact that he also he's gonna get multiple plays before mm -hmm. he moves on to the next game. Yeah, that is one good thing about Jeremy. We need to get him back into the gumbo pot. We haven't yeah. seen him in forever. Tuesday yeah, nights are tough, dadding. right? Yeah, Tuesday nights are tough. We'll have to do a special night. All right, so that's Praga Kaput Regni. I want to talk about a game, and I think this is a game you're interested in. Three Ring Circus from Devere Games. Yes, Dish, What please. do you know about it? I've just seen the little write-ups about it for Gen Con. Uh, yeah, Gen Con. And I've seen the pictures, the components and art style. looks awesome, and the theme is intriguing. But I know there's some area control, right? I don't know a ton about the mechanics. Well, look, Mitchell's from the Beans and Dice podcast. Shout out to the podcast. Uh, yeah. uh, every Wednesday, you'll drop a Wednesday, we drop podcasts. And then on Thursday, they have the uh, board game call-in show. Jethro, if you haven't checked it out, they've done a great podcast there uh, talking about their games that are anticipated for Gen Con. And you mentioned uh, Three Ring Circus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you mentioned is exactly right. The components in person are just as good looking as you see. Now, you have like to understand. Like, because you see the tents from above, it looks like I'm flying over and looking Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Typical of Devere's small box games. This isn't this isn't their like it's a red, small box. It's game? not it's not small like Red Cathedral, okay. and it's not big like uh, Jerusalem. It's okay. in between that size. Medium box, but it's a medium box. More like if I had if I remembered correctly, it's more like the um, Garfield games boxes, the, okay. the older ones. <clears throat> but so I, I'm warning you because when you when you first played, you're gonna be like the pictures look like the circus tents are huge, right? Mm. And they're really tiny. They're like little. Little chiclet sized pieces. Wow. But it's still, it, I, I remember as the game was playing, and we had all those circus tents out on the board, and you have all this beautiful Vincent, it's Vincent Trade art? I think so. Whoever did the art, it's fantastic art on the inside of all the circus performers and the, and the animals and everything. It's fantastic. Um, the gameplay itself, I don't know how to say this, but I went in expecting based on the last three or four games I've played Fabio Lopiani, um, a certain weight. Like Audubon was just too crunchy for me, mm -hmm. you know? 
I love crunchy games, but this one was light. Ten o'clock, than you expected. Ten o'clock at night, me and Evan trying to learn. <laughs> me and Evan trying to learn it, and Rob shouting us instructions while he's playing Marrakesh at the same time. Oh, God. He's teaching Marrakesh and Autobahn a very crunchy three-five euro, and it was just we just never got through all the systems. And I was expecting that. I've, I've played other Lopiana games that are pretty crunchy. Oh, this this was light. this was more like Ragusa. If you've played Ragusa, I've not. Okay, it's more like that. It, this was a this is not a light game by any means. This okay. is a midweight. This is your typical midweight Euro that took us a little bit. It probably took us an hour and a half or two hours, but that's because we were really. This is a friend con. How many players? Four players. Okay. It's a friend con. Three of us were new. We're literally talking and laughing the Just whole time. If Mitchell and BJ played it, we would knock that sucker out in a little in right out. Because we're not friends. We're not friends. Yeah, we are. <laughs> no, but you and I don't play around. You and I don't play around when we play. We're like, we're going to get to the next thing. So, three ring circus. So, lighter than I expected, which is not a bad thing at all. That is not a complaint. I am happy playing that. Um, it's got area control. <clears throat> Sorry. He's dying over here. Don't worry about it. Don't mind us. Got to get a <clears throat> shot of whiskey. I should go get it. No, air, not area control, area majority. Okay, area majority. So you're, you are trying to get area majority for the scoring. Hmm. Not my favorite mechanic, but but I love the way they do it in here. This is this is really cool because... So one of the things I don't like about area majority is I'm going to be the first to get here, and then i got to put people in here and do that. And that's part of it. But the second part of it is building up your tableau to score higher in that same little area. Mm, so I'm just okay. going to keep coming back and building up and trying to get a better and better um, a better and better circus performance there. I also like the way the economy is. It's very thematic. So let's say we're going into New Iberia and we're going to do a circus show. People from Parks, people from Bro Bridge, people from you know maybe as far as Morgan City are all going to come because P.T. Barnum's got this big show. But once you put on the show in New Iberia, and then you go to Bro Bridge, the people from New Iberia go, eh, I already saw that. We already saw it. Oh. So they don't come. You don't get the money for it. That's isn't cool. That, isn't that a cool? It's, yeah. it's a mechanic that is very, very thematic. So Three Ring Circus, I love the way that you're sort of, it's not deck building, it's sort of tableau building. I love the tight economy at the start, but then it loosens up at the end. And it needs to be. I, my friend Mick from uh, Our Family Plays Games had complained that, well, you know, you, you can run the economy in the first half of the game, and then you're not worried about it in the second half of the game. And I kept thinking about, like, you know, he's right about that. But then I remembered, well, yeah, that's because the first three, uh, the first three, there's five parts of the game, and the first three parts of the game, money is tight. It's tough to get a lot of influence, but you have tons of time to get all this stuff done. Mm. By the time you get to the last two, you have almost no time. And yet, you still have about the same amount of the board to fill up with circus tents. So if you were also worrying about economy in the last half of the game, it would be, be too it, much. It would be too much. Yeah. And I, I, I like to think that the designer was like, I'm going to make you sweat the first half of the game, and then I'm going to make you kind of shoot the shooting star in the second half of the game. Go for the big stuff. Go for the big mm. thrills. That's interesting. Like a circus performance, yeah. right? A little, little warm-up act. Then the big, big uh, thing. So, Three Ring Circus, it's just one play, so I, I can't say whether, I, I can't even recommend whether people should get it or not. I, I, I have trouble doing that after only one play. Right, of course, that but makes sense. The real question is, do you like the theme? Do you like the mechanics? And would I play it again? Absolutely, I'm ready to play it again. Pretty good. 
All right, let's move on to one more topic and then we'll get to our featured game, or at least our first game of the night. I am curious, why aren't you at Gen Con? I'm sorry, no. What was your anticipated game at Gen Con? <laughs> because it costs money. That's yeah, why it does. Um, money, time, and you're starting school soon. Yeah, yeah, Friday. Yeah. Literally during Gen Con. Yeah. Um, so I'm having a look at my phone because otherwise I'll never How did you pull that off, by the way? You did go to Gen Con one time. How did you pull that off at school? Off work. Oh, okay. I think I missed like the first and the last day. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're talking, about, we're talking about your most anticipated... It doesn't have to be your most. So I'm not asking you one. One of your more anticipated games. And again, check out the podcast with uh, Mitchell and Wayne if you want to see a more full list. Right. So this is not on that list. So this is extra oh, That's content. what I want to hear. Yeah. yeah, so I'm having to look at my phone because I will not be able to remember how to pronounce this. Um, I was watching uh, in our Discord, Acadiana Board Gamers. By the way, if you're around... You should get into that. Let us know. Logan Lanou started a Discord. And it's really nice. Like, hey, anybody available to play games? You don't have to text of 50 different people. Anyway, we were just talking today about the Dice Tower Summer Spectacular and how they do the, um, like, the hour-long videos from that publishers every videos. year. I know. They, some of them are just like, hi, we are going to have this game. Right. But they're, they have a whole bit with it, and they're interviewing their different games. They, cool. And they did callbacks to last year's yes, video with yes, the hands. Yes, exactly. They're like, oh, she yeah. is funny. Just, and she knows she's funny, right? Like, yeah, that's why she does it. Though. I mean, you yeah, can yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. like, she's trying to hold it in. I mean, she's doing this really it's funny great. bit. You didn't notice that it was her in all of the bits, right? Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had so many costume changes. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's yeah. funny. Skip uh, right to the Rebel part and, and enjoy the good. Yeah, they have timestamps in the description. So anyway, um, one that piqued my interest uh, was Kutna Hora, the City of Silver. Oh, uh, I'm going to some more. Yeah, yeah. I like so, it. Very Euro-y, but um, the, the thing they kind of highlighted, which I thought was really cool, is this thing called re-wood. It's basically like recycled wood, but oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. behaves kind of like plastic. So they, it, she specifically said, like, you can have more detail than in regular wooden components, but it'd be um, more environmentally friendly because it's yeah. only like 20% plastic or something like that. So they look cool. They look like they have a nice feel to them. And um, I don't know, just the game looks like it has some cool components and mechanisms. They have like these, these sliders that move back and forth for tracking, I guess, resources. Um, it's like a, a like BJ said a, a smelting game, but um, that one just kind of piqued my interest. Do you know anything more about it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Show? I wish I'd known you were doing that one tonight because I did a whole write up for the Geek All Stars. Check out the Geek All Stars. It's a three hour podcast where we went through tons of games. We we did like um, we each did a top eleven games to demo. Wow! And then another top eleven games to buy. And then honor, men, honorable mentions for both of those. It's three hours of Ooh. tons of goodness. If you like long podcasts, Chris uh, uh, Dice Hate Me and uh, Dan from the Geek All Stars and myself, we really dove into it. It was one of the ones that I had in my top 11. Mm -hmm. Number one, the, the theme seemed pretty cool. Yes, it's another European city that we're doing it. But that never bothers me because I yeah, love yeah. those things. But number two, it's that the smelting of the ore and also... Steve, uh, the name father, and I always talk about beige is the rage, right? I mean, <laughs> Toledo, the board is big, giant swash of beige. There's no beige in that one at all. So it's black. Big, dark, well, and silver. Yeah, it's all yeah. this silver splashes everywhere. So kind of a cool theme. How do you pronounce it again? I can't even remember. Kutnahora? Kutnahora. Mm -hmm. So that one does look pretty cool. I like the idea that it's got this repurposed wood. A lot of the companies are doing this. Like Jay, mm -hmm. our, Jamie Stegmaier, our mutual friend. Jamie's company, everything I'm getting from him has yeah, all those these cool bags. bags. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It also came in the new viticulture, the viticulture uh, Tuscany. There's all a new Tuscany? The Tuscany Essential Edition. Oh, that's not new. No, it's like a reprint of the, it? Yeah, the reprint is okay. what I mean. Gotcha. It also has all those little mm -hmm. environmental friendly bags. Um, you can't see what's inside them, by the way. 
Yeah, only, the, the, the tapestry expansions have been using stuff like that as well, like cardboard, uh, not card, but recycled kind of like paper instead of plastic. I'd like to find out. I'm sure it's somewhere on his blog because he basically tells, tells everybody everything. everything. Most transparent what, business owner ever. He is. What are those bags made out of? I would just be curious. They they feel kind of cool. I don't, I don't like that they're not totally transparent. Yeah, it's hard to see what's inside. But I mean, it's not that. Yeah, bad. it's not the end of the world. All right, so I have a game for you, and okay. I didn't tell you what it was before because I wanted to get your reaction because okay. I don't think you knew about this. And by the way, shout out to Wayne. Hey, Wayne, bgg.com. <laughs> Click on the front link, and you'll find out all the games coming out at Gen Con. And you can filter them by demo or to buy. Great podcast. I'm just picking on you, Wayne. But how about this? From designer Keith Piggott, who I've played a couple of his games before, River and Gold, it is a game set in the Legends of the Five Rings. Are you familiar with that one at all? The game? No. Legends of the Five Rings? Oh, I thought you were yeah. a fan of Legends of the Five Rings. No. Nope. Oh. I, sorry. Sorry to womp womp. Dang it. Oh, that, Edited that out. That was a fail. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I, thought you, I thought you actually played Legends of the Five mm -hmm. Rings. No? Okay. Well, that's a game that I've never played, but a lot of people like. And this is in that universe. It's a one-hour playing time. Super quick turns, lots of player interaction, and it was just announced today. River of Gold is going to be demoable in the Day area, so go check that out. If you're just like Mitchell and a huge fan of Legends of the Five Rings. Dang it, I thought you were Legends sorry, of the Five sorry. Rings. But okay, I'll Legends of the One Ring, you would be better. Yes, yes, be yes, all yes, over yes. Yeah. One Maybe caveat, though, to, this is, I'm changing topic a little bit, but uh, I think it was your, was it a blog post you made about your... Yeah. The, the Castles by the Sea looks really cool. The Sand Castles mm -hmm. game. I had it in the blog post and I also talked on the Geek All-Stars. Mm -hmm. So we're making sand castles and we have to keep them up before the water. Dude, that is so like, cool. Like, literally, I was at the beach last week and it just made me think back to that family. None of us have ever designed a game about that even though we've been on the beach a yeah. million times here in the South, right? Yeah. What a cool theme. It's really cool. I don't know if the components. I'll shout out to another one. So. Did you guys talk about this one? You may have. The World Wonders mm -mm. from um, Arcane Wonders. No, y'all talked about the other game from Arcane Wonders, I think. Foundations of Rome's new um, Foundations, Foundations of, of Metrop Metropolis or something. something like that. So their other one that they announced is the... Wait, I just forgot. What did I tell you? Something Wonders. Yeah, World Wonders. So you know how Foundations of Rome is super overproduced and all that? Mm -hmm. It's not the same game, okay? So don't let me say that. But this is a game for about $50.00 and has these cool little wooden and plastic pieces. And as you put out your, your blocks to create all these world wonders, you're putting the meeples, which are really like, you know, statues and things like that on top of them. So like from up close, it looks gorgeous once you're building out this all these the world wonders. This is the Rider game you're talking about. It's not. Okay, no, no, because no. that's also like a building. No, it's okay. not that at all. Okay. This is a brand new game coming out from Arcane Wonders, and it looks really cool. To me, it's like it, It's not Foundations of Rome at all, because that's a totally different game, but it gave me that toy factor of Foundations mm. of Rome in a $50 box. So, But again, if you don't want to spend all that $350 for Foundations of Rome, Foundations of they got a cardboard version of it. Yeah. I'll be honest. Theme didn't catch me like Foundations of Rome did. You know, I'm not a theme guy. Oh. Uh, but not I will yet. say, I'm not like a polyamino tetramino kind of guy, but Foundations of Rome is a game I enjoyed. So is it because of the production? I don't know. All right, so that was a fun game we played in July, and also one of the games that, that we're excited about with Gen Con. Two. 
but we did a bunch actually. Yeah, <laughs> I threw in two or three. Uh, Bradley and Barnes will be there. So if you're at Gen Con and you run into Bradley and Barnes, say hey to them. Um, they'll be. They've got meetings with all kind of um, publishers this weekend. Sure, wish I was going to be at uh, Gen Con, but I'm not. But let's get right to our uh, game of the night: trekking through history. This is uh, by designer Charlie Bink again. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same one as the rest of the trekking games. I can check. That that company's been growing a lot, so then. From Underdog Games, you might remember Charlie Bink as the designer of Trekking Through National Parks, and he was also part of that documentary that you guys talked about in your uh, podcast. Yeah, it is Charlie. Yep, Charlie Bink. So. All right, that's the end of the round. So the end of the game. So count up your tricks, add in your points, and add in points from your crystals. Ah. And then you have a crystal, so one more point. Seventy-five. Pretty close. Seventy-five, eighty-three. Yeah, not bad. I like it. Very colorful. Like you said, this is this is one of the I do like um, you know, looking at the flavor text. <clears throat> but a lot of games I'm so busy playing I don't get to look at it. But yeah, this, this is, is light one enough, that you can. Yeah. It's light enough, you can look at these. Carve intricate release at Angkor Wat. Look at that. Cambodia. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can learn from here. And you know what would be interesting is that you know, you or one of your kids would look at this and say, Oh, I'd like to know more about yeah, that. Go right? look it up. Research it. They've got a little bit of history on the back, I see, mm -hmm. right? Although, I mean, they're condensing the whole uh, Darwin's journey into one paragraph, so it can't be a lot of uh, stuff here, right? I guess so. Trekking through history. You've played all three now? I don't think I've played par uh, Trekking the National Parks. This is very different from Trekking the World. Trekking the World is kind of like a pick-up and deliver. Maybe not pick-up and deliver, but you know, you're moving around, set collection kind of thing. It's very different. I like this one a lot. This is my favorite, uh, well, compared to Dragon 3. Uh, the Between world. the two, you like this one better? Yeah. This is something that, if you were showing your friends and family, they would oh, be like, yeah, oh, they this is a cool up. game. No problem. You know how Ticket to Ride blows people away the first time you show your family <laughs> with all the pieces? and. Except this is way better. You like it better? Oh. I li like you're saying, the first time I played Ticket to Ride as a newer gamer, I was like, oh, yeah, this is crazy. But nowadays, it's not my jam. Still, still one of my favorite games. Played, really? Played it the other night with the Rails and Sales expansion uh, with five people. Five people take it a ride with the Rails and Sales expansion. How long did that take? Uh, it took us about an hour and a half. Okay. Maybe two hours. So it, was, it is thinky, thinky with that expansion. That's not a game I think of as being thinky. Well, you got to play Rails uh, Rails and Sales and play with five people because you know the deal with more than two people. You know, you, you, you can't use the... The, the double, the, the switchbacks. You, can, you yeah. can use the doubles, right? So, whoa, so do you score during the game? Of course. We're not animals. Crazy. Well, my favorite thing is that he threw out without even discussing it with you. It was like, yeah, you know, everybody does that. It's like 80% <laughs> of gamers don't score it. Wayne, you're the first person I've ever heard of. <laughs> Literally. I hope he listens to this. First person I've ever heard say that. Now, but now some people in the Discord. Admittedly in the Discord, we learned yeah. about some other people. They were too embarrassed to talk about it in public, obviously. <laughs> so they had to mention it on the Discord. Yep. No, it, everybody scores it when they're doing that. I never... I mean, I understand what he's saying. There are, you always have to audit because you forget sometimes Absolutely. or you, you calculate it incorrectly. And in I a, love that about that game that you can audit it. In a five-person game of uh, Ticket Ride, you have plenty of time to audit. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you something to do in your turn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Rails and Sales... There's so many cards that you're going to be getting, and it's so tricky 
in trying to get this. There's, the, there's a way to multiply your points by playing uh, ports, I think it's called. But to play the ports, you have to have a certain type types of cards collected. So it's one more level of thinking on there. So I enjoyed it. Rails, rails and sales. My son and his girlfriend love Ticket Ride. It's, it's their favorite game to play together. So plus, there's so many other. Um, you could play the other maps. Yeah, yeah all the other maps add stuff. They're, they they turn it into a little deeper game. I have uh, base. I think I have Europe. Maybe. Yep. Europe maybe. is Europe is cool. Because you got the little towers, you know, mm -hmm. that um, that help you go back and get connections that somebody blocked you out on. So that's pretty cool. The Japanese one has the monorails, which is fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not playing can't that beat one. that one. Uh, Italy is 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 one of my is is really pretty cool. It's pretty thinky, so I like that one. There's a lot of bonuses that you can try to get. So I like any of the ones that do that. All right, Mitchell. So that is trekking through history from and, underdog games. Yeah, underdog games and some chat about tickets to ride that's completely unrelated to this. Yeah, we'll fix all that in post. <laughs> Till next time, for Mitchell from the Beads and Dice, it's BJ from Morgan Go Well. Let's the ball to relax.